Can't sell it anywhere else, man. It's right here in West Virginia. This is the Community Podcast with Zach Beard and Aaron Marco, two Morgantown real estate agents highlighting the good people of our city and state. We're taking you behind the sign, connecting interesting people, places, and faces. Why they do what they do and how they came to be doing it. We're building a better community. So what's a, what's a, what's something in in nature or in in the world that just kind of like an overall uh, signal to you? Like you can't you can't you can't see it or hear it without knowing exactly what it is, and does it trigger you in some way? And you always lead me in with these kind of things that, and it leaves me a little bit in a lurch. So you leave me. Uh, so what is a thing? And it could be anything. I don't know what it is. You know. So for me, I, I was driving here this morning to get set up, and there was a, I saw the red and blue pulled over. Some the truck was pulled over. I saw that too coming in. And that's like the one thing. It doesn't matter if it's through the trees and you can just barely see it. It's night, it's day. You always know what it is, whether you hear it coming behind you, going past you, or you just see those lights. Without a doubt, you cannot help but know what it is. It's just that universal signal. And you can't be helped but be drawn to it. You know, your curiosity sparked so much like, I kind of got to see what's going on. Well, you definitely got to look. I mean, it's instinct to look. And, uh, you know, I've actually read a really neat piece about this, why we do that, because it's a part of a survival mechanism. You know, so when we see something bad taking place, we want to, our brain in, intuitively wants to see it so we can learn how to avoid the same circumstance. And I can't remember what book I had read it in, but it was really, it, it took a deep dive into that and what our um, internal instinct is to look towards those things. Although we, we intuitively, we think we want to look away, um, but we can't. Well, we can't help it. Yeah. So our podcast is not quite to that point where you see it or hear it. You see our logo, you hear our voice, but one day we're going to be we're there. We're working on we're it. We're working on it. So we're in morel season, too. Yeah, and I think uh, after that little bit of rain we picked up in the past couple of days, was uh, they're going to be popping up all over the place. I sure hope so. I've gone out a few times. So far, I've come up empty-handed. I've encountered a handful of snakes, uh, found what, I don't know, out in the middle of the woods, I found a shovel and a mattock precariously <laughs> buried in the leaves. I'm like, it wasn't a roll of duct tape with it. Was. <laughs> I was like, I wonder what happened here. There's, yeah, that's yeah. a little bit left me thinking. A little bit scary on that one. Yeah, yeah. who knows? Who knows? Yeah. In the deep dark hills. That's right. No, let's get some feedback from our listeners. I don't know. I don't want them to give up their their morale location. Yes, we do. That's exactly that's what, what we want. want to do. Yeah, we definitely we need GPS coordinates also, please. But uh, some. Send them some tips, or if you want to be on the podcast, talk about a little bit of that. You know, having a thing on Morel, you know, it's a, it's a really a popular pastime in our area for a lot of people. I mean, and, and I think, you know, when I say a lot, that's a small segment of the population. A lot of people are really terrified to go out and pick wild mushrooms. I have been picking wild mushrooms for many, many years now, and I pick a, quite a variety of them. Not that I'm certainly, I'm not a mycologist uh, in any way, but there is a certain group of mushrooms that I know I can identify and I know absolutely how delicious they are and there is not one that is more delicious than a morel mushroom and we're in, coming into peak season right now right. boy for me i'm not that if if i had to figure out some of my woodman skills that are lacking it's gonna be edibles 
in the woods. Yeah, mushrooms are one of those really great ones. Um, and there, we have several species here in, in West Virginia that are absolutely terrific. The giant puffballs are one of my favorites. You see these great big giant white balls out in the field sometimes. And then there's the skull-shaped or pear-shaped puffball. Um, those are fantastic. Um, really, all the most all the puffball species are edible to some degree. Some are a little bit better than others. And um, I think the only one that's really not edible is the pigskin puffball. And not to get too nerdy on the uh you know on the mushroom identification but chanterelles and morels are probably the two biggest ones that most people pick i've picked uh lots of oyster mushrooms that grow wild here as well i've picked a lot of those um and there, there's some really neat species out there that grow around here and i've picked quite a few of them um what are your basic grocery store mushrooms you know your little white ones those are what i'm most familiar with and quite honestly i don't like so that's I've always had a slight aversion even going hunting for them, but everyone keeps telling me these the morels are just almost like, what do they call them, the chicken of the woods. Well, there actually is a mushroom called the chicken of the woods, actually, so you don't want to get it confused with that. That's okay. a shelf-like mushroom. Um, they grow in their uh, orange clusters, and um, usually brightly colored things are uh, not edible. However, the, the chicken of the woods, um, technically that's a sulfur shelf is what that's called, um, is, is edible um, with, with a little bit of a caveat to that. A lot of people want to eat a little bit first. Some people can have a little bit of a GI reaction to those. But the mushrooms you're talking about are just button mushrooms. And they do grow wild around here. And I've found them um, several times. A lot of people refer to those as pink bottoms or uh, horse mushrooms. And um, when you look at when you pick one and you look at the bottom, the gills underneath are, are a very um, light pink color. And um, they look just the same. Basically, they look the same as the button mushrooms you buy in the store. And, and that's the ones that's the mushroom most people are familiar with. But so many mushrooms have such a different taste and texture. Um, How's that flavor profile compared to a morel? What's, wow, what's so special you know, about it? So morel is one of those things you almost just can't put it into words how good a morel mushroom is. I mean, to you me, told me the other day it was like having a steak on top of a steak. Yeah, I mean, you cook and you put it all on top of your steak. It's like eating a steak smothered in steak, which <laughs> sounds so freaking awesome. Yeah. And they're absolutely terrific. Absolutely terrific. Um, just one of the real treats around here. You got to beat the deer and the turkeys to them because they will tear them up. Um, but this time of year, man, if you're not picking ramps and you're picking uh, morel mushrooms, you're missing two of the greatest wild edibles that are out there um, available, you know, I would say in the world, you know, really. Um, two of the most delicious things growing wild right here in Appalachia. In the world. In the world. I would, I would definitely put that up there. That is not an, uh, an exaggeration. Huh. Good to hear. Well, it's on my, my list. So today we're taking a slightly different turn on the podcast. Uh, we have more of a handful of guests today and we're kind of spotlighting the community in a different way we're taking um, some calls from people and they're going to highlight some events they have coming up all right super next we got amber watchering coming up tell us a little bit about mon leadership man what's really important zach one of the things i find is making sure we're producing good leaders in mon county um, it's really important to keep moving the county forward and amber watchering works with mon county leadership um, and she's going to tell us a little bit about what the program is and how you can get involved in that. You know, we know that producing good leaders in Mon County is a really, really important function of uh, keeping the town moving forward, no doubt. And I'm glad you jumped on to tell us a little bit about um, Leadership Mon. And, and, you know, so the floor is yours. I'd like you to just kind of tell us a little bit about what you guys do and how people can get involved in it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Leadership Mon's purpose um, is to sort of identify, develop, and sustain community leaders in Mon County. Um, we are also hoping that this year we can sort of bring in some of those leaders from Preston County as well, since Mon and Preston play off of each other so well. Um, so what we do, it's an eight-month program. Um, it takes several members of the community um, through things like economic development, education, both higher education and K through 12, social services, the arts and culture around here, um, healthcare, quality of life. Uh, we, we visit um, some of the government's offices in town and, and um, learn more about those. And then I've just, in general, community and leadership together. Um, we typically start off with a retreat every year, um, which really gets the class. They, they get to know each other very well um, and form a very neat bond. Um, you know, these people stay in contact with each other for years to come and um, sort of become, they become family, um, which is which is a really neat thing to see. So it's, um, the program was started in uh, 1997. So we have been going strong for several years now. Um, unfortunately, because of the pandemic last year, we did have to put it on pause, but are back this year and currently accepting applications um, for the 20. 22 graduating class. Excellent to hear. So this is more of an application process for somebody wanting to get involved, not so much as a, just a volunteer? Correct. Yes. Yeah, so there is an application process. And there is actually a fee involved and associated with that, um, which just takes care of, you know, everything through the eight months, um, transportation and, you know, making sure that we have meals and everything provided and just all the different activities that they're they're part of. Excellent. And now is that what's the what's that fee run? Is it fairly small? Um, tuition is six hundred dollars. Um, there are sponsorships or I'm sorry, scholarships available every year, um, just based on a case to case basis uh, with that. Amber, who provides those scholarships? Um, that would be the, um, the leadership mon. Um, we, we do have, you know, a small budget set aside every year to take a look at that, um, you know, because unfortunately not everybody, you know, a lot of these people, it's, it's not something that their business will support. Um, a lot of it is self-supported along with a lot of nonprofit. So we really take that into consideration to make sure that everybody can be part of it. Now, Amber, when you first started saying this, you said you identify people in the community. How do you do that? And who is this really kind of geared towards? Um, who would be maybe one of the best candidates to, to step into this position? So it is anybody that lives or works in Mon or Preston County um, is who we really like to focus on. Well, that's a pretty um, broad how, segment, obviously. It, it really is. It really is. Um, there is an application process. That application can be found at our website. That's leadershipmon.com. Um, and we take those applications every year. And there is a panel that gets together um, that goes over all of those applications. And then we also give the applicant an opportunity to call in and speak with us as well if there's anything else they'd like to touch on. Um, and we use those applications to determine the, it's typically about 20 um, members each year that go into each class. So that's, that's kind of how that process works. So there's not in particular an age restriction for this. It's not just solely geared for young people, really just about anybody could be involved in this. No. And we've had everybody, um, you know, I, up into their seventies, eighties. I mean, it, it's, it's really is for absolutely anybody that wants to learn more about Mon County. And the crazy part is that we find that people that have lived here their entire lives are the ones that seem to learn the most because 
there's a lot. There's a lot in this county that people just don't know. There is. Um, so it, it's really neat to be able to do that. And then as part of it, we also like to give back to the community as well. So there's also a service project that comes along with it. And that's something that that class plans every year and then executes. So there's been a lot of good that way as well. And, and they're able to give back and, and stay in touch with their community as well. Very nice. Before we wrap up real quick, are there anybody or any notable names uh, from the current class that we can recognize? Well, um, the current class this past year. I see one here that I know well, uh, Jim Karinchak with United Bank. Uh, yes, Jim Karinchak. Yes, um, he's been great. Um, he really got involved in the class this past year. And of course, everything he was doing with United Way as well. Um, you know, was great. Kristen Calabria, who ran uh, Generation Morgantown for several years. Um, Brandy Davis, who's the director of Children's Home Society. Um, Lincoln Kincaid, who has physical therapy and balance centers. Um, Andrew Furby, who he and his partner started Blue and Gold Developments. Um, I think it was last year. There are several people um, from Mon Health, um, Nicole Linger, Mike McGovern, um, Karina Smithberger, some who started with Mon Health and some who through Leadership Mon may have met people and contacts that sort of landed them there. Um, uh, Isha Sharma from the Supreme Court of Appeals, Jason Walls, who everybody knows from Wallsy's Hot Dogs, oh, yeah. um, Casey Quinlan from Team Trivia. He's also now a real estate agent um, here in town and doing very well. Um, Sarah Palfrey, she runs the Morgantown Public Library System um, and is somebody that brought a lot of light to a lot of us not knowing how much the Morgantown Library actually does. It's not just the library. There's so much more, um, you know, involved in it. Well, that's a terrific list of names. I tell you, really uh, yeah. fantastic to see that many people plugging in. Amber, I really thank you for calling in this morning, kind of letting us know a little bit more about what takes place at Leadership Mon and how people can get involved in it. What's that website one more time? It's leadershipmon.com. Fantastic. Amber, you have a great day. Thank you. You do the same. Thanks. All right, Aaron, that was an excellent conversation there with Amber. Uh, next up on the call, he got uh, Jamie Summerlin with Guide on Creative. He's going to touch on a couple of events he's got coming up for the community. Hey, good morning, Jamie. Morning, Zach. How are you? Oh, fantastic. We got uh, Aaron here as well. Good to have you on here again. Morning, Jamie. Morning, Aaron. Good to hear from you, buddy. Yep, likewise. Got to say, you're, was our, you're our second guest on this when we started out. Yeah, I was pretty excited to be a part of uh, kicking this thing off, and uh, you guys are doing a great job, and uh, excited to hear all the things going on in the community, and you guys are a great outlet for that, so appreciate all you're doing. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so give us a quick five-minute rundown on a couple of events you got coming up in the community. Sure. I'm uh, real excited about uh, this summer and the things we've got going on uh, here soon. I've got uh, actually four events and five weekends that I'll be uh, putting on, uh, a couple of new events that we're bringing to the area one, we're still working on details uh, called Jampex. It's a Jamboree and Aftermarket Performance Expo. It's basically uh, side-by-sides, Jeeps, trucks, aftermarket parts. Uh, uh, we're trying to do you know something that ta- catches the, the market um, here in a new way. Uh, that's going to be uh, the last weekend in June, uh, the 26th and 27th. And then uh, starting in July, after the 4th, we've got some uh, uh, events happening at Milan Park as well, uh, three weekends in a row. Uh, July 10th, I've got a new event called the West Virginia Chocolate Wine and Shine Festival, and that's going to be a tasting event where we're going to have uh, vendors, uh, chocolatiers, confectionaries, um, 
uh, just a lot of great specialty foods, uh, West Virginia wineries that we'll be showcasing as well, as well as West Virginia, uh, shine distilleries and, uh, some great, uh, spirits that are being produced in the state of West Virginia. Um, that is going to be a limited ticket event. Um, so we're only going to do, uh, we're doing two sessions on Saturday, July 10th, um, an early session and an evening session. Uh, there will be VIP tickets available uh, for that as well for special tastings, uh, pre-admission for folks to get the VIP uh, with catered experience. And uh, it's just going to be a great uh, great opportunity to showcase a lot of great West Virginia items and, and things that we've got going on here. And we're really excited for that event to, to kick off. Uh, that event, uh, you'll be able to find information out on that at chocolatewineshine.com. Uh, and then uh, the following weekend, July 17th, uh, we're bringing back uh, something that hasn't been in Morgantown in quite a while, uh, the West Virginia Wing Fest. And we're bringing back the, the Wing Festival uh, with the Haas Foundation uh, that's going to be uh, in support of the Haas Foundation and what they're doing with the Family Resource Center at, uh, at Children's Hospital. Uh, that's going to be a great event. So we're going to have uh, a, you know, a bunch of wing vendors, uh, craft breweries, uh, vendors. Uh, that'll be as well as all the events indoor and outdoor out at Milan Park on July 17th, and you can find out information about that. It's wvwingfest.com. We'll have a lot of contests, eating contests, uh, just a lot of fun, music, entertainment. Uh, that's going to be a great event there, Saturday, July 17th, uh, again, in support of the Haas Foundation. And then the following weekend, we've got July 24th, the uh, All-American Grand Bash. Tickets are still available, although we are going to sell that event out here shortly. And that event supports uh, Operation Welcome Home, WV Medicine Children's, the Haas Foundation, and Mission for Miracles, where you buy uh, one $100 ticket. Uh, you don't have to be present to win. You can win all the way up to $100,000 cash or a brand-new Tesla X. And all those proceeds go to support those charities that I mentioned earlier. And that's allamericangrandbatch.com. So a lot of great stuff going on this summer. Excited to uh, bring some events back and, and looking forward to getting back with everybody. Yeah, I love hearing that. That's good to hear. Can you give me just a quick 10-second uh, rundown on the Haas Foundation? Yeah, so the Haas Foundation uh, started by Jeff and Vicki Hostetler, WVU uh, former quarterback, New York Giants uh, Super Bowl winner. Uh, that organization uh, raises funds to help the Family Resource Center at Children's Hospital. The new facility is being built uh, top floor, going to provide uh, resources for families where their kids are staying at the hospital that they otherwise wouldn't be able to, to get home and take care of laundry, computer access, things like that. So uh, the, Jeff and Vicki are doing a great job, and, and that uh, organization is going to do some wonderful things to help families with their children at the hospital there. Man, that is absolutely – what a rundown of events coming up for this summer. You know, as we're coming out of this COVID thing a little bit, and I think we are coming out of it, these are great ways that you can get plugged in out there for folks that are listening to get plugged in and actually uh, get involved in things that are giving back to the community in such a fine way. Jamie, I'd just like to thank you for all your personal involvement in these things and all the effort that you put into doing these. Some really great events coming up. And thanks for coming on today and talking about these and letting people know. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, those and all the events uh, that we're putting on, you can find out about at guideoncreative.com. That's G-U-I-D-O-N creative.com. We'll have the full calendar there and each of the sites where you can purchase your tickets online and come join us for a great summer. Uh, we're using a hashtag summer of fun in 21. We want to bring it back and we're looking forward to it this year. Thanks, guys. All right, super. So up next, we got Paul Kokoska. He heads up the uh, Habitat for Humanity along with some other people here locally that uh, helps provide housing for people that are less fortunate. And we got Paul to tell us a little bit about their upcoming event, which is an event that uh, I think I would personally really like to get involved with. Paul, why don't you tell us a little bit about the uh, sporting clay shoot you guys have coming up? 
Sure. This is uh, one of our two main um, fundraising events that we have every year. This is called Shooters for Shelter, and it's a clay shoot, clay pigeon shoot that's held at Hunting Hills in Diller, PA. This year we're having it on Saturday, May the 1st. And uh, that can be, you can register online. You can go to Mon Valley Habitat for Humanity.org. You can actually go to the ReStore um, to do that also. Or you can email me and I can send you an application form. Now, what this actually is, is a group of five people per team uh, go, goes through and shoots clays through the course in, in Dillner at Hunting Hills. And uh, you need to bring your own gun. It, the event starts at 10 a.m. and usually runs to about 2 or 3. We like to warm up about 9 o'clock in the morning. We will have golf cart rentals available. It's a bit of a walk, um, but if you want to put the exercise in, you're welcome to do that. You have to reserve the, the carts in advance, of course, 40 bucks for a cart rental. And let's see, there will be prizes and awards, and there's different classes, of course, because uh, there's different caliber of shooters that, that come to this event and there'll be raffles held uh, sponsorship opportunities obviously I'll get into that here in a second um, as far as expenses concerned there the teens for five seven hundred dollars for a team of five it's 140 dollars per person and individuals can actually sign up and will be placed on teams it's just a little bit more 145 um, the registration fee includes all field fees and gratuities, 100 clay targets, that's basically what you'll be shooting on the course. Ammunition is included, 12 gauge or 20 gauge, so you have to um, alert us of that prior to. Hearing and eye protection will be provided. Lunch and beverages will also be provided. And we are having a raffle, and one complimentary raffle ticket will be given to everyone who registers. There will be an event T-shirt also given to anyone who decides to join. Um, we offer a 20% discount for military, first responders, and all medical personnel. Can you remind me real quick, what was that initial fee for that? So the initial fee is $145 per shooter, but if you get a team of five or a sponsor's team of five, it's 700 bucks, okay. $700 total. Well, just to avoid the pun, I won't say it sounds like a blast, but, uh, <laughs> but what, what, a, what a great event it sounds like and a lot of fun. And uh, so a couple of quick follow-up questions. How do you guys decide on who's in which class? Is that kind of on the honor system? Like I call in and say, hey, I'm a really good shooter. You should put me on the uh, A team. No, it's not about <laughs> you, you don't get to pick your class. It's actually based on your total score and your runs. So if you, if you have a six or a 10 run uh, hit, then that puts you in a little bit different category than other folks. And of course your, your score too. So it's a, it's a little bit complicated how it works out, but there's a, there's actually a formula that they use and they will put you in the category uh, as to the ability that you've provided or shown. Well, I've had an opportunity to shoot there on a couple of occasions. It's a great course to go out and shoot. It's a lot of fun and it sounds like just really a great thing. Tell me a little bit about how the funds are, um, uh, used uh, and how they affect our community, Paul. Okay, everything uh, that we get through Habitat for Humanity, through all of our fundraisers, through our sales at the ReStore, which is located in Saberton uh, by the Kroger, is used to actually build homes from scratch. Now, oftentimes we uh, are donated land or properties or lots that we can build on, but of course we 
pay for all construction costs. Uh, we do get some things donated, which is very helpful. And all of the work is done by volunteers. Uh, we have colleges that bring people in for, um, for weeks at a time to help build on site. So a lot of people can get involved in it. Now, unfortunately, in the, the age of COVID, we have stopped that temporarily and that will pick back up again when things open up a little bit more. So we've kind of been put on pause for our building currently. Um, we are building right now on Bergamont Street in uh, in Morgantown. I think there's one that's completely, uh, it's completed and families are, are moved in. We're on our second unit right there now. So that's what we have going currently. Love it. Well, that is absolutely fantastic. Me, that's a really great way to impact the community in such a positive way. Is this going to be a rain or shine? Yes, rain or shine. Um, again, try to be there at 9 a.m. if you can. So there, You are allowed to shoot. So you can practice if you wish. Uh, plus, you get to um, – we're going to raffle off some guns. There will be other raffles there, too. There will be 50-50 drawings, so on and so forth. Sounds like a ton so, of fun. Yeah, it, it's, it's a good time. It is. I tend to have two or three teams myself, and there's a, there's some friendly competition, of course, between the the shooters and uh, oh, yeah, it's good time. So hopefully, you guys can even join us this year. I think we will. Yeah, we're working on doing that right now. So uh, hey, I just want to say thank you for your involvement and your uh, dedication to that. There's so many people in our community that are out there doing great things by volunteering and doing things. This is just another way you can be, get plugged in. You can have benefit people that are in our community, and you can actually have a good time doing it. Paul, thank you very much for your work that you're doing absolutely guys my pleasure thank you so we've had an opportunity to talk with a handful of really good people here about some of the events going on and to toot our own horn a little bit too aaron and i you and i are involved with a few events coming up with compass we've actually got to ryan bashauer with a compass he's the owner there she also has his own little podcast called chasing birdies which hopefully he'll give for a quick plug for at the end yeah if you're a golfer you definitely want to check that one out that's exactly right hey ryan Hey, thanks guys. How y'all doing? Pretty good. Good. Yeah. Um, so no, I mean, Compass has been pretty, pretty involved in community. We've done some sponsorship with the Rosenbaum house, the Ronald McDonald house, obviously make a wish, you know, as we mentioned earlier, we did, um, sponsor the ride for children's hospital, uh, with the stick company on that one. And we did a day of hope event at WVU children's hospital. Most recently, Actually, on this Saturday, the 17th, uh, we sponsored the United Way Make-A-Wish Drive, which is at, I believe, Marilla Park. And, you know, with our donation to the United Way, we were able to fulfill one full full wish for a child in need. And, um, you know, I think that, to me, is what's most important here is being able to, to give back to the community in ways that maybe not everybody recognizes or at least sees it, but... You know, internally, we know that, um, you know, we're, we're having an effect on on the people within the community in, in a good way. Well, that's a great way to put it, Ryan. I really like that. A lot of times, you know, um, you know, seeking out the, uh, you know, the accolades, so to speak, is kind of a is should not ever be the main driver. And I think a lot of realty companies, you know, certainly give back to the community here. And I know Compass has been highly involved in giving back to the the to the community, even for a slightly newer or, a, you know, a, a very much newer um, brokerage out there has done really a lot for the community. Yeah, no, it's important. I think that's how you build credibility. You know, it's, it's, a, it's 
obviously we're doing a lot of transactions and, and, you know, in the real estate business in general, but at the end of the day, it's what we can do above and beyond that on the outskirts that I feel has a positive effect on the community. And, and, you know, in my position, I think that that's something that I always try to keep at the forefront of us, you know, how, how we look to the public and how we can give back in certain ways to help, help kids or others in need, um, you know, from a monetary standpoint or, you know, by making monetary donations to help achieve or bridge a gap in some way or form. Really nice. Do you know of any events coming up in 2021 that we got working right now? Well, we are doing the, um, the, the United way make a wish drive here on April 17th, which obviously due to COVID it's no longer a walk, but it is, um, a drive through event. And we, we did participate in the shack duck race, but two years ago, um, I must've cooked 250 burgers. Thing. For for the duck race, <laughs> the duck race and yeah. they actually race ducks. Is that what takes place? Yeah, here? they drop off. They had just a whole, I mean, a net full of rubber ducks, and of course, in awesome. a controlled area, they dumped them off the Star City Bridge, and they're allowed to go a certain distance. And I think whoever's duck goes there gets to the end first. Isn't you know how is the winner? That's a terrific event. It was that's a lot a, of fun. They yeah, had all kinds of awesome. stuff set up. So before you hang up with us, mm-hmm. you want to give us a a quick overview of your new podcast. Uh, Chase and Birdies. Chase yeah, Chase and Birdies is obviously a podcast that involves other professionals, not just golfers, but other professionals, whether they're country singers, songwriters, NHL players. And, you know, we, we interview them with their love-hate relationship towards the game of golf. And, you know, right now it's it's been a fun journey, although we've only released four podcasts to date. Uh, we have a backlog of really good uh, upcoming guests. And I think the whole Chase and Birdies Although it's a podcast, I think that it's going to evolve into potentially a brand, a vision, because I, I feel like everyone, you, uh, Aaron, you guys are all chasing birdies in your own, own in your own way. Um, it's just how you kind of phrase it. But no, it's been a lot of fun so far. And, and check us out, chasing underscore birdies on Instagram. Our, our social media lacks a little bit, um, but I do feel like our podcasts are quite entertaining, especially. If you are a golfer, but we do have a, a good group of people coming up. So definitely uh, check us out if you wish. Excellent. Well, thanks again, Ryan. Ryan, thanks thank a man. lot, man. Really great talking to you as, as always. always. Hey, guys, keep it up. Good, good talking. I'll see, see you. A lot of what we've done since we initiated this was really to highlight um, the good people doing, doing things that make Morgantown and the surrounding area a really great place to be. And uh, one of those great things is getting involved in your community. You know, I look out there sometimes and I, I, we look at a world that is supposedly so much more connected, but it really seems like, and the, and the truth on the ground is that the, the social fabric has been frayed quite a bit. And, um, and I think by getting involved, whether you're volunteering or whether you're donating money or whether you're going to these community events that um, have a charitable outcome to them, you're really helping to strengthen that um, social fabric. And and I think that's been um, one of the key things that we've been really trying to expose on this program. Yeah, without a doubt. And it's interesting to look at it too, because, you know, we had, we had Barb Alexander on here and we kind of talked about that bloom effect with... Uh, from the real estate business. From that real estate yep. business. Even even events for the you know with the volunteers for like the shooters for shelter, you don't realize just how expansive and how involved so many people are on those events. Yeah, how many people are out there doing hard work, getting up really early and doing hard work all day just to make these events, um, the special events that they are to participate in. Yeah, without a doubt. So it's it's really exciting to see that not only people are taking their own time 
to set all these up, but then so many people throughout Morgantown and the county are, and the state are involved in participating. And that's in these. right. And you, you, you rarely know who they are. You know, sometimes you get the head of the organization or something like we've kind of done today, getting the people that are kind of the, uh, the forward facing look to that, to come out and talk about it a little bit. But for every one of them, there's 10 or, or 10 or more others, uh, behind the scenes that are really doing the heavy lifting for that. Exactly right. So yeah, while we go there and we spend an hour, we enjoy, you know, if some wings or a shootout, yep. whatever it might be. It's always, it's going to be, I'm going to take a step back this time and like really take in a lot of the work that people have done to make this even possible for us to enjoy. Yeah. And so small part of our day, you know, on, on behalf of the, the, the show, we're going to say thank you to all you folks out there behind the scenes, that are out there doing the hard work, setting these events up, tearing them up, cleaning them up, hauling them away, and doing all that kind of donation work. Um, and a lot of times you don't get the glory. Um, and so I just want to say thank you to that. You know, Zach, as I look out there, um, you know, getting involved in the community used to be something that was just a pretty standard issue thing. And that was a little bit before my time even. Um, but you know, so there was a lot of civic organizations, and unfortunately, the uh, enrollment in those is really way down. There's things like the Rotary Club, um, the Lions Club. There was there was quite a few of them, the uh, International Order of Odd Fellows, and different community civic organizations that you would get involved in, and they do good things for the community. And uh, so many people, unfortunately, have I think offshored their um, their duty to their community by spending their dollar somewhere they think is uh, is appropriate. Some company that somehow aligns with their particular uh, um, thought process on the world, and they think that is their involvement because I buy that product from it. And I think that's a, you know, it's kind of sad, really. I think um, that is not really truly getting involved in your own community. Any thoughts on that? Am I going no. wrong any, anywhere? No, I agree with that. You know, even, even your Amazon purchases, you know, you can find – you know, out of a thousand different uh, foundations to donate to with every purchase, you can have a specific link made for who you want to give to. And yeah. not there's, I'm saying there's anything wrong with that, but I agree with you completely. Rather, you know, we look at that, well, I just bought all the things that I need and 2% of that went to the, you know, the pandas and somewhere else rather than what, you know, I could have used my time or my money somewhere local and and had some better benefit. Yeah, well, I don't think it's a bad thing. Like, hey, I'm going to buy free tray coffee because I want to make sure those farmers are, you know, getting their fair share. And I would certainly agree with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but it, it cannot be an absolute substitute for actually getting involved in your own community. You know, unfortunately, you know, I think one of the things I hear people say, you know, I think the definition of a good neighbor has changed over time. You know, used to say, hey, he was a good neighbor. I know who they are. I know their kids. I keep an, out, an eye out for them. If I needed to borrow something, I could walk over and borrow something. Nowadays, I think, unfortunately, more often or not, the, uh, the, the definition of a good neighbor is, Hey man, I don't even know they're over there. You know, I never hear them. I never see them. Man, that's a great neighbor for me. And that's a little bit unfortunate, I think. And I think that's part of that, you know, societal, I don't want to call it societal breakdown, but I do think there is a little bit of a fracture and a disconnect. Um, and certainly I think that was exacerbated a little bit through the whole COVID experience. And hopefully we're coming out of that. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. I mean, look at your, your cell phone and your screen time. You know, we can make the excuse that we just don't have time, but if you pull up your screen time, well, uh, I spent 45 minutes on Instagram spent 30 minutes on Facebook and I spent another hour on another game or whatever it might be, you know, and those are probably small numbers. I don't know that there are those, those metrics are out there. I yeah. don't know them right off, but so it's, you know, it is easy to find a little bit of time. And I just, I hope that, you know, 
Yeah, I hope hopefully we're in, yeah, there. that's exactly right. Hopefully we're encouraging some of those people to get out there and do those things. And you know, there's not just those kind of things. You can get plugged in through your local uh, places of worship. That's a great way to get plugged into a community and actually help things. I I personally serve on the ushers team for my church and you know, we jump in there and do various maintenance projects and landscaping and things of that nature. And so it's always a great time to get out there and fellowship with other people and uh, spend that kind of time. Yeah, just become part of your community. That's it. Well, as we get ready to wrap up here, we got any final words we want to say? Well, yeah. So, you know, we've we've highlighted just a very few couple of ways that are uh, you can get plugged in and kind of help take care of things here in the community. But we really just skimmed the surface today. Um, if you're interested in doing that, it's really just a couple of keystrokes away. Get on the uh, DuckDuckGo or the old Google or whatever it is and just, you know, punch in a couple of keys and you'll find all kinds of ways to get in there and get involved. And I'll tell you what, if you're a parent, that's a great way to be a good example to your kids. Take them out, them, get them involved at an early age, going out and doing a little bit of uh, social work out there as well and really help uh, continue to make Morgantown a great place to be, to live, work, and play. All exciting things. All right, so as we wrap up, we just want to take a quick opportunity to thank the Cranberry Hotel out here in Cheat Lake, a new hotel, and they offer us the ability to use their business center here, which is absolutely fantastic. If you're coming into town to take advantage of one of these fantastic opportunities we just highlighted, take a look at them for your lodging opportunities, and uh, thanks a lot. Thanks, Aaron.